0: Nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring today. Robert Half is here to help. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
1: Today, the guests in the podcast, Richard Tanney, the director of the new movie South Side with You, and Parker Sawyers, who plays the young President Obama.
2: This is WSJ Speakeasy, your source for entertainment, pop culture, celebrity, and the arts.
1: Hey, this is Christopher John Farley, a senior editor at the Wall Street Journal. Today, my guests for the podcast in studio are Richard Tanney. He's the director of the new movie South Side with You, and also the star of that movie, Parker Sawyers. Thanks a lot, guys, for joining me. Thank you for having us. Our pleasure. Okay, Richard, this is a film that is sort of the origin story of Michelle Obama and Barack Obama when they first met, their first date. Parker, you play Barack Obama Richard, you wrote this story. Um why did you decide to tell this tale?
0: Well, it started with uh just being taken with the way that the first couple uh looks at each other, the way that they uh uh the way that they flirt. Um there there's a special connection and it's on display for the entire world to see. And I, I find that rare in people uh, uh, that you meet, uh, friends, family. I think it's even rarer in in public figures and and presidential couples, that that level of authenticity. Um, But it's not as if I was looking to make the Obama biopic. Um, It was just that when I read about the first date, it it really had the makings of a movie um, because the conflict was... Michelle wasn't interested at first, but she gave Barack one day to prove himself. And by her own admission, he had done just that by the end of the day.
1: It seems to me biopics are often better when they focus in on one episode or part of someone's life rather than doing the whole soup to nuts. And Parker, there's one moment near the beginning of this film that really stood out to me and sort of kept it real where, you know, you've invited Michelle Obama, Michelle Robinson then, to come into your car. This has been talked about and there's a hole in the floor of the car. He offers no apologies, no explanation. It's kind of like take me and a hole in all. Yeah. And you just know that this guy's going to go on to bigger and better things. You think to yourself, well, that's the way it should be. You should accept people and not worry about all this, the trappings of where they are and think that maybe, maybe there's, 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 there's potential inside there.
2: Right, yeah. I mean, that's one of the things I love about the film is it shows their humble beginnings. And I also think it highlights uh, President Obama's personality where the hole in the car is not even a problem because he thinks, well— I'm going to Harvard. I'm gonna do okay for myself. You know, this is just <laughs> right now, and so um, no, it was great. It was that the his apartment and Lucio, I think the, the Lu- Lucio S. E. production designer. Uh, it was amazing. It, it looked it looked lived in. Everything felt very real, and it made it a, a little easier to play.
1: Now, was the smoking real? Because your character, you play, of course, Barack Obama, the young Barack Obama. In law school, still interning at a law firm, and he's smoking up a storm in this movie. Is, is, was that real?
2: No, that was CGI. That's where a lot of the budget went. No, that was real. Um, did that
1: I mean, was, real. In terms of did Barack, really, uh, the, the president really smoked smoked that much when he was that age.
2: I assume so. I mean, <laughs> when I was younger, I smoked a lot. You know, just one after another. Yeah, so. I don't know. But they were real cigarettes, yeah. Uh
1: Um, Now, I also understand that, um, you know, of course, Barack Obama, leader of the Democratic Party, that your family um, was Republican until Barack Obama came along. Tell me a bit about that and whether that affected the way in which you sort of entered his head to make this
2: movie. Yeah, no. So I was raised in a Republican household (laughs) and— I remember we were driving home once, I was like 20, 21, and my father was telling me that he was the, the president back in the day of the Black Republican Organization. And I go, bro? He goes, yeah, I go, well, that's, that's a stupid acronym. But yeah, uh, we, were, we were, they were Republicans, <laughs> my mother was deputy mayor, And um, but I was raised in a household where Republican and Democratic, Democrat senators would come over and have conversations with my father. So I was raised to believe that we need both parties, three parties, four parties. We need differing opinions, and so when Barack Obama came along and he had a good platform, and my my mother believed in him, she switched.
1: Hmm. You know, uh, uh, Richard, one thing that struck me about this movie is I was thinking of other movies that were kind of similar to this. I mean, there's no movie that's a direct uh, uh, there's a direct comparison to this movie, but I was thinking of a movie like My Dinner with Andre. There's an uh, extended conversation or the Before Sunrise trilogy where we follow Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy on this date and this tentative love affair, were you thinking of films like that, or any other films when you were writing and directing this piece?
0: Yes, I was thinking of those movies. I was also thinking of the precursor to those movies, which is the work of Eric Romer, who was a, a big influence on me. Um, he was a he was a, a, a initially a French film critic who came about in the the French New Wave, and he he really uh, he really. I think you could credit him with creating the walk and talk uh, drama or dramedy between uh, mostly his movies were following a man and a woman having, having a long extended conversation he didn't always limit it to a day it was sometimes over the course of weeks or months but um, but but he pioneered that style of filmmaking um, and there's there's a lot of other influences sprinkled about the movies of Preston Sturges Ernst Lubitsch going way back to the kind of original screwball comedies but when you uh, romance screwball Comedies, but when you when you when your main characters are Barack and Michelle Obama, and you start doing research and basing the movie on experiences they had memories, they're sharing their lives, um, you know, you, you, you sort of find you're making uh, uh, you're, you, you're making a, a, a movie not just about love, but you're also making a movie about Chicago, you're making a movie about race in America, you're making a movie about pop culture and art. And uh, you're making a movie about activism. So um, it, it was a little bit more than I signed up for initially.
1: But, you know, one thing I loved about the movie is that at its heart, it is a love story. And there's so few love stories out there that sort of deal with uh, lead characters who are African-American. I mean, I am making a list of ones that stood out to me like About Last Night, which, of course, was a a remake of a movie with with white characters that was an adaptation Mm -hmm. of the David Mamet play. Uh, Love Jones, Beyond the Lights, more recently, Mahogany, going back a bit. Um, what do you think... um, uh, 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 that, uh, Parker, that there have been so few movies that sort of deal with black romance in the cinema, American
2: cinema in particular? I have no idea. I you mean, no There's one, one of the reasons that I was attracted to, the, to, the, to South Side with you, but it's not even, for me, it wasn't even just romance. It was also mm-hmm. about friendship. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, we were best friends first before we fell in love. Mm-hmm. And so it's about two people connecting, and I haven't seen that in, in black cinema I mean, except for the, the titles you named. Um, or even The Color Purple, that was about friendship and sisterhood and, and love, um, you know, finding each other back at the end of the movie. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm very appreciative that it's out there now, and I think I hope it sets off a new sort of, not genre, but sort of lane for these types of movies. It's also interesting
1: to me how much pop culture figure and, and, and culture figures into this story. I mean, uh, they go to an art exhibit at first— Later on, they go see Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing... Why do you think that film was the film that they chose to see that night, and why was it so? Acidic? How did it resonate with their, their story and their budding romance? Do you think?
0: Well, um, one can only presume or, or or you know have conjecture as to why they chose to see that movie. I think it was a it was a cultural moment. That movie found a cultural moment. It was very controversial when it came out. The way that it was being perceived by white America, black America, very differing point of views, especially with regards to the ending Um, and uh, uh, it it was just too perfect when I read that they went to go see that um, because um, and that they ran into a partner from their a white partner from their firm seeing the film Um, how does it factor in I mean it it was just another it it was another uh, uh, indicator that um, uh, that this movie which is ostensibly a love story um, is, is also about the time that they're living in And what was going on then And that movie was ref- a reflection of the time It was a response to police brutality against young black men And, you know, the fact that they were going to be coming from A community organizing event um, That they were going to be dealing with struggle but, that, but, but never losing sight of the fact that all of these things Were coming about organically Through their evolving connection over the course of the day
1: And of course,
0: Do the Right Thing, like your movie, is set mostly during a single day. Yes, it is set entirely uh, uh, over the course of a single day, and was another was another big influence for me. And I also have to say, she's you got to add she's got to have it to that that list of uh, Black romances and Jungle Fever. It, de- it deals with an interracial romance, but um, and another one when I was growing up was Poetic Justice, the John Singleton movie, which uh, you know which is similar in that it's kind of an ongoing conversation between two people of color over the course. It uh, m- might be more than a day, but it-, it does have that same feeling.
1: I guess I should mention Love and Basketball, too, because my, my wife might listen to this and go, like, Why do you yeah. mention Love and Basketball? Yeah. You know I like that, though. Know? And,
0: and Medicine for Melancholy. I mean, they're, it's, they're there, but few and far between. Okay.
1: okay. I want to know, Parker, how you first landed this role, because you're unknown to a lot of American movie watchers. Mm. Uh, how did you first get this role to play? Uh, the President of the United States, a, a younger version of him.
2: Right, it was uh, just a classic audition process that it came through my agent in London, and I sent in my first tape, and it was a very, it was just a, an impersonation. There was no nuance to it or anything. And then I spoke to Rich before my second tape, and it's like a 20 minute conversation. He said, Just drop the impersonation, just be a guy, you're 28 years old, try that. I said, All right. Uh, and I did that tape, and it was straight from the tape. What did you learn about Barack Obama
1: by playing his younger self? Anything, any new insights into the man, to the president,
2: to into the, uh, the person he is? I was a fan. I've been a fan since 2005, 2006. So I knew quite a bit about him. Um, and so nothing really surprised me about Barack. But about Michelle, I didn't know that she had graduated that early. I didn't know she had skipped, I think, second grade. I didn't know that she... Had uh, went to work at 23 years old in a law firm. Um, that was really, really impressive, and it's just, it was even more inspiring.
1: We should talk about the actress that plays Michelle Robinson, Michelle Obama, in this film, Tika Sumter. Uh, what was it like working with her, and how did you sort of establish the, the rapport you needed to have that kind of
2: chemistry on screen? Right. Well, the rapport was from the beginning. I mean, the moment we met in, in L.A. for the screen test, we had it. And then I had done a lot of research on her and watched the, the project she'd been in and watched her interviews. And I knew I'd have to bring it. She's got a lot of experience. She was a producer on this film. Um, and so that made me work harder just so I wouldn't sort of let her down, let Rich down, and the 17 days we had to shoot. So uh,
0: she inspired me to just learn my stuff. And she didn't make it easy on him, I should add. you know, From, from the beginning, the, di- the dynamic was not so different than the dynamic in the movie. Parker had to get Tika's attention.
1: Hmm. You know, I want to know what is the secret to chemistry in a film? Because we've all seen films. Sometimes the 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 um, the stars are married, and there's no chemistry on the, in the film. But there is chemistry here between your lead actors. And what do you do to generate that, Richard? What do you do to make sure there's a
0: spark? on the screen. There's, in my opinion, there's nothing you can do to generate it. It either exists when the camera turns on or it doesn't. And it's the same way that certain people are very handsome or, or beautiful in in real life, but they don't necessarily come across photogenically. Um, you know, there is a charisma and an it factor, and I think chemistry falls into that category. And um, to be completely honest with you, I felt before we even had Parker and Tika on camera that they were going to have it. And I don't know why I felt that they were—they were both so good, and we were hoping that when we put them together, there would be sparks. You could, but you can't possibly know until you see it in the frame. And there—there um, there is something palpable between them. Um, and the only thing you can do to—to to sort of uh, 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 expand upon the existing chemistry is just have them listening to each other in a in a very realistic way and responding to each other and and to their credit they they really stayed in the moment in these scenes. Okay
1: Tika Sumter was one of the producers on this film and another producer was the singer John Legend. What did he bring to this and how did he get involved in this
0: movie? Um, I showed John uh, my director's cut. John and his producing partner, Mike Jackson. Of, they, they have a company called Get Lifted Film. Um, and uh, uh, they really responded to the to the movie. Uh, John was so inspired, he, he went and wrote an original song called Start, which plays over the end credits of the film. And it really is a musical counter, counterpart to the, the movie itself. It's about the beginning of something, and if we don't give over to it and give it a chance there may never be anything, and that's, that's the position the song takes, and it's beautiful. He sings it in an intimate whisper um, because he felt that the movie was kind of an intimate whisper, and, um, and, and, and not only did he provide the song, but they provided uh, their, their support, and John's, John, John being a, a vocal kind of um, proponent uh, of the movie, and, and giving us a, an elevated platform.
1: Okay, we're going to be right back with Richard Tanney and Parker Sawyers of the new movie
2: Southside with you. Hi, this is Paul Gigo, host of the Potomac Watch podcast. Join me and my colleagues every week as we dissect all of the latest happenings in Washington and on the campaign trail. Check us out at wsj.com podcasts and become a subscriber on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and the Google Play Music app. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. Now, WSJ Speakeasy. Your source for entertainment pop culture, celebrity,
0: and the arts.
1: All right, this is Christopher John Farley, senior editor with The Wall Street Journal, talking to Richard Tanney, the director of the new movie South Side With You. Also here with the star of the film, Parker Sawyers, who plays the young Barack Obama in this film. Now, have you heard from the president about this film, about your portrayal of him, his younger
2: self, or do you want to hear from him about how you did? <laughs> no, I have not heard. We've, I haven't heard anything from the president or the first lady. Uh, I hope they watch it. And I'm really interested to see what Michelle thinks about uh, my portrayal of Barack at 28. That's what I'm really
0: interested in.
1: And have you had any feedback, Richard, from the White House about what you've done here?
0: I've had zero feedback from the White House or anyone in their inner circle. The only, uh, uh, the only thing I've heard is that Mr. Legend, who knows them fairly well and sees them frequently, that he had a conversation with the president about the movie, told him about his involvement as an executive producer, said it was a good movie, Uh, he really loves the film and thinks that the president and first lady will like it too. And I think they have a copy of it or the invitation is out there for them to see it. Um, so, uh, you know, hopefully they'll get a chance to check it out. They're a little busy, but hopefully they'll get a chance to check it out. And if they do, they'll get a kick out of it.
1: And when you were making the film, were you worried about what they were what they would think? Or were you just sort of making your film and let the chips fall where they may? I mean, how did you feel about you know what they may, might might have said about your film? You know, later
0: on? you know, to, to be to be honest, I, I didn't think about it too much, and I don't think any of us thought about it because. Making a movie is so hard, especially we had a million and a half dollars to make this, we had which is which is peanuts compared to what most movies cost, even indie movies nowadays, and we had a 17 day shooting schedule, as Parker said. So every day we were just waking up and 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 confronting the challenge of making a a a, uh, a low budget movie, um, and that usurped any concerns about how it would be received by either the Obamas or the you know the political uh, you know sort of commentators or or even just reviewers or our audiences we just were trying to do the best we could to tell the story
1: now of course parker you live in london but you may know that right now in america we're going through a big political uh um campaign were you worried that this film would be caught up in the campaign
2: cycle that it would become something that would become a political football no not at all i mean it's pure coincidence that's released right now i mean it uh, you guys have been working on it for two years, I think, uh, as far as financing three. and getting it off the ground. Three years to get it financing and off the ground. And then we did it last summer and then got into Sundance. And the, this is like the natural schedule, I suppose. But in terms of politically, no, it's a love story. And I think it, it highlights the, the the feeling of most politicians or anybody who wants to do well. You have the same conversations no matter what aisle, side of the aisle you're on. You want to do more. You want to help out your community or wherever you live. You want to make it better. Uh, you worry about your parents. You worry about your future. You know, it's very it's very um, universal themes.
1: So you feel it's a film that Republicans can go to and enjoy, and Democrats can, and independents can. It's really for anyone on any side of the political aisle? Of course,
2: yeah. It's uh, very well-written.
0: <laughs> and well-acted, Parker.
1: <laughs> and, and what's next for you right now, Richard? You've, you've done this film. It's getting great reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, What's next for you in terms of directing and writing?
0: Well, you know, I'm, I'm definitely kind of figuring out and honing in on on the next uh, original story that I want to tell. It'll be something I write and direct, um, and I uh, hope to work with some of the same people again. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I've been uh, I've been writing a movie for Pixar, which I can't say anything about other than the fact that I'm, I'm writing for them, and it's very <laughs> exciting, and, and uh, um, it's been a wonderful experience there. So that's sort of where my head's at right now. And
2: for you, Parker, what's next after this film? Right. Well, I am still I'm
0: looking for uh,
2: interesting projects, something that would, I guess, we set the bar pretty high, and this is my first lead, and not just the reviews, but also the experience in Chicago. And, I mean, it was a great summer, and it was a great crew and director and co-star, so I'm really <laughs> going to try to be careful and, uh, and find something else that inspires me in the same way.
1: Yeah, so Southside with you was... You- uh, and is your first film, your first feature film lead, and I'm wondering what was the most difficult scene for you to pull off? I mean, to me, one of the most frequent scenes was when you had to sort of give a speech, and it, you, you, you sort of see the Barack Obama that we all know sort of come out in the cadences of your voice, and yet it's also sort of a a mating call in a way, where you're really trying to get Michelle to sort of fall in love with you and fall, fall in love with your. Um, organizational skills, but was there a scene for you that really stood out to you, where it was the most difficult, the trickiest emotionally and acting-wise to pull off?
2: Um, this might surprise you, but I'm quite tall, 6'3", 6'4", so the toughest part, this is going to sound stupid, but the toughest part was walking slowly on camera, <laughs> on the like romantic lens, I guess, because I was used to doing action films and just moving at speed. Uh, that was the toughest part. Um, oh, another one was. But, but that's uh, interesting to me because you know I often notice the
1: way actors walk in movies, and it's so important in pulling off a character. Like I was just watching Bridge in the River Kwai. There's this famous scene where Alec Guinness is released from like this hot box where the a, a Japanese commander has, has imprisoned him for for a long period of time. When he walks out, he, he he's both defiant and kind of dazed. And I read later that it was actually his favorite scene in the movie. And he, he felt some of his best acting, just a walk out of,
2: um, out of, out of imprisonment. I and mean, so walking can be very important as sort of capturing a character. Right, yeah. I mean, in terms of it's a lot to consider. Um, if you're di- The speech, the reason I didn't, that wasn't too difficult. We had worked out the blocking. I had been able to rehearse it, and I was speaking in front of people, which I like doing. So that was, I was in my comfort zone. But to walk slow and, and to trust the director and the, and the uh, director of photography um, to ensure that it looks natural, that it looks good, that it looks romantic. The very last scene, or one of the last scenes where we're walking after the ice cream. That was really difficult for me, just to, I guess, giving giving away my trust, and they say, this looks good, even though I felt really awkward. And then to make it look good, you know what I mean?
1: I've also heard that you do impressions. Mm-hmm. I know that in doing the Barack Obama role, you've mentioned you didn't want to just make it into an impression. It had to be sort of deeper than that. But can you share with us what's your best impression? Is there any kind of <laughs> uh, other public figure that you do really well?
2: Uh. Will Smith. Will, Smith. Will Smith. You do a good Will Smith. I, mm-hmm. I want to hear that. Right, right. So, so, Christopher, the thing is, you know, uh, me and Jada talk about this often, <laughs> right? That, that, you know, we are, we're bigger than we are smaller, you know, in the universe. So, you know, I, I told Jaden the other day, mm, right? So, yeah. And then. So, uh, hey, I've got an idea for your next movie, When Will Met Jada.
0: Can you, can you get on that? Can you start writing that, Richard? Is that something you can we can get out there? You know, I, I think for that one, we maybe could get Will and Jada because they, <laughs> they, they still look exactly the same as they did 20 years ago.
1: Well, maybe a Pixar animated. <laughs> I, can get, I can see something happening. I feel like we're creating some synergy here. I like that. Finally. I like that.
2: Hey, your next impression. Let's do the next one. Um, this was uh, my uncle David. Well, like uncle in quotes. <laughs> David, who used to fix TVs. Hey, Park. how you doing, boy? How you doing? You doing good at school? Just like your daddy. Hey, get that dog off the couch. Get him Get him off the couch. Go give me a beer, boy. I got a Toshiba for you.
0: Yeah. I like that one. That's a good one. I could do a movie about Uncle David. That yeah. one I'd be interested in. Th-
2: that definitely
1: had Pixar written on it somewhere, I think. The <laughs> one thing I find fascinating, also, you mentioned the movie was made for about a million and a half dollars. I seem to find that the movies that are most emotionally satisfying to me Tend to be the films that, that are lower budget. Maybe because people can take more chances because the the budgets are low. There are not as many people who are sort of um, that, they, that they owe something to. Do you think there's anything to that? Because I mean, so, this this summer was filled with these blockbusters that just left me just absolutely cold. And some of these lower-budget movies, you leave there thinking, man, that 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 felt like a hundred million dollars.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, it's I got to make the movie that I wanted to make, and it was because the company financing it was. Taking a a, a a pretty small risk in in making the movie, um, and and they sort of left us to our own devices to their credit, and they allowed me to cast somebody like Parker who had never who was not known and who had never done a lead in a movie before, and I really feel that you know one of one I mean. I think that 50% of the movie is Tika, and 50, the other 50% is Parker. And um, because they they both delivered in such a profound way, you end up with a, with a much different experience than if you were than if if you had to ask the audience to suspend their disbelief um, to an A list star playing the role. But I also think it leads to it, it leads to discoveries. I mean, I, I truly believe that that you know. Parker is, uh, this role is just scratching the surface of what he's capable of doing. And so what this does is it, it introduces the world to a new face, a deserving face. Um, and, um, you know, someone who I think could, could go on to, to create many indelible roles, not just the president of the United States as a young man.
1: Well, speaking of roles going forward, here's another idea I had. I'm going to share it with all of you. You know, Before Sunrise was a trilogy. A much acclaimed trilogy. Each one of those films got great reviews, three of them, one of the few trilogies where every film worked out. Could you ever imagine yourself returning to these characters again at, at, at other, other stages of their lives and doing another film about Michelle and Barack and their romance and their careers and what's happening with them?
0: Well— I can't imagine myself going back uh, to revisit it for me it was the it was the beginning of the romance it was it was the 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 paradigm of the first date, the boy chases girl conflict that was inherent to that first date um, unless there's some publicized conflict in their relationship or in their marriage or something that was going on while they were in the white house it's hard i 'd have to manufacture something i'd have to create. A, 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 a conflict, and that wouldn't feel authentic. So the marriage um, is too good for Hollywood. Same, <laughs> well, maybe right? I don't know, but but um, but also for me, this was the thing, and and I'm I'm ready to go on and tell other stories. Um, but and and not to mention, I think many other Barack Obama and Michelle Obama movies will be made, and uh, this was our little this was our little contribution to that.
1: Well, Richard Taney, Parker Sawyer's um, the director of Southside with You and the star of Southside with You. Thanks a lot for spending some time
2: with the Wall Street Journal.
0: It's great. Thank, Thank you. you.
2: Got an Amazon Echo or an Amazon Tap? Listen to the Wall Street Journal as part of your flash briefing. WSJ Podcasts, listen ambitiously.
0: The Claude Three Model Family by Anthropic is your one stop shop for enterprise AI. Haiku is lightning-fast and cost-effective. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Learn more at anthropic.com slash claude.